Hi, I'm Evan Duncan, the senior pastor of the Baptist Church of Westchester in Westchester, Pennsylvania. I'm so glad you found our podcast channel. On it, we share our weekly messages, and from time to time, you'll see some other things as well. If you want to learn more about our church or see how you can contact us, visit bcwc.org. Good morning. It's so good to be with you. My name is Evan. I am the senior pastor here, uh, and I love this church, and it has been so good uh, these months to learn about you and get to know you and serve as your pastor. Uh, we've been looking together uh, in the last couple of weeks about some of, some of the highlights, the big moments in the book of Exodus, and we're going to do that one more time. We're going to look at one more story today in Exodus. And so far we've seen this kind of encounter between Moses and God at a burning bush. We ask the question, who are we? And we learn that we are loved. We're empowered by a God of all power and all love. And then as we watched the people of God escaped from slavery, walked across dry land, escaping Pharaoh, we asked, who is the Lord? We discovered that the Lord rescues And in the midst of a world that is going against creation, God is recreating. God is liberating. And today, we're asking, who will we be? As we move forward, as we walk, as we go about our lives, what kind of people are we going to be? In the midst of the height of the shutdowns and lockdowns in the pandemic, a singer-songwriter wrote a song about a romance that had sprung up between herself and another as they were trying to figure out how to do life online and isolated. In the song, she talks about going to get their vaccination together and thinking, what will we be to each other If the world doesn't end. (laughs) Their whole relationship built together on this kind of time of crisis and challenge. She imagines what's next for us. In the book of Exodus, the people of Israel have just been through this stressful and traumatic experience of escaping slavery, of being rescued. And they're wondering, who will we be? (laughs) What will be the nature of the relationship between us And this God who has saved us. What is this God going to ask for? (laughs) As Christians, we believe that we have been rescued, redeemed, made right. We are citizens of the kingdom of God. And yet, we still have to take the trash out. We still deal with grief and loss and frustrations. Our sports teams still lose. We have challenges, relationships that fracture. How will we move forward? How will we move forward? Maybe after circumstances that have the potential of redefining our relationships or how we will be in this world, who are we? Who will we be? We sing about it in our worship songs. I am a child of God. Great. What does that mean? What does that look like? I believe that our identity should impact our activity and our activities should reflect our identity. So we'll ask together, what does it mean to be God's redeemed people in this world? 
Let's see how Israel handled that question. Uh, back in the Old Testament, at the foot of a mountain, bearing the scars of slavery on their backs and hands and hearts. We'll look today at Exodus chapter 19. We'll read verses 1 through 9. On the third new moon, after the Israelites had gone out of the land of Egypt, on that very day, they came into the wilderness of Sinai. They journeyed from Rephidim, entered into the wilderness of Sinai, camped in the wilderness. Israel camped there in front of the mountain. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, Tell the Israelites, You've seen what I did to the Egyptians, how I bore you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now therefore, obey my voice. If you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be my treasured possession out of all people. Indeed, the whole earth is mine, but you shall be for me a priestly kingdom and a holy nation. These are the words that you shall speak to the Israelites. So Moses went, summoned the elders of the people, set before them all these words that the Lord had commanded them. The people all answered as one, everything that the Lord has spoken we shall do. Moses reported the words of the people to the Lord. And then the Lord said to Moses, I'm going to come to you into a dense cloud in order that the people may hear when I speak with you and may trust you ever after. So the people of God make it to this mountain, a place where God said way back at the burning bush, Moses would bring them. And here they camp. They camp for 14 months. I have camped for about 24 hours. That's enough for me. But here they stay. And the rest of the book of Exodus, as well as all of Leviticus and into that book of Numbers that comes after, they're spending time wrestling with questions of how they'll be and how they'll live, how they will articulate their laws and customs, the expectations for the way forward. But it all starts at this moment, at the mountain. The people have been rescued, but they've already gotten grumpy. <laughs> I mean, the water wasn't so great. They were having an issue with food. They were attacked. All of these things were resolved by God, but they're already having some frustration. But here we see God speaks and says, remember what I did. Remember how I rescued you. I carried you like an eagle. Carrying a baby eagle that cannot yet fly. I nurtured you. I brought you out. God is carrying and rescuing and feeding and nurturing. And notice in the text what God says. I bore you on eagle's wings, and I brought you to myself. In verse 4. I brought you to myself. There's something for us to hear in that today. As we're concerned about where to go and what to do and where to be, what is next? God is concerned with drawing us close to God. I need to hear this. I can be so excited about a goal, a place, a thing on the horizon, and those are good, good things. But the most important thing, God wants to draw us to God's self. I need to hear this. 
as I was anticipating coming to be with you here in Pennsylvania in the 105 degree heat of Texas, I gave thanks to God. But it's like 30 degrees today. <laughs> My praise songs have gotten quieter. But God is less interested in the places that you go, but more interested in your proximity to God. I brought you not to the mountain, but to myself. How do we live as redeemed people in the world? By embracing this close connection to the Lord. I almost made this point at seeking a close connection to the Lord, but, but the text doesn't talk about seeking here. Seeking is good. We should seek after the Lord. But God sought the people. They just sought help. And God brought them to God's self, rescued them from oppression, but also to closeness with God. It's the same themes of the story we'll celebrate Starting next week as Advent begins celebrating the coming of Christ. God says, I'm bringing you to me. This reminds us of that first thing we discovered at the burning bush. You are loved by the God of all power and love. God wants to be with you. But there's another word in this text that might make us a little bit nervous in verse 5. I bore you on wings of eagles, brought you to myself. Verse 5, now therefore, if you obey my voice and keep my covenant, you shall be a treasured possession. If. The Lord says if, and that might make us nervous. If you obey, the word here literally means listen to. If you hear me, if you'll be my treasured possession, a priestly kingdom, a holy nation. What is that about? There's a couple things we can notice here. First of all, this if has nothing to do with their rescue. They've already been rescued. They've already been rescued out of slavery. God rescued them. They couldn't rescue themselves. So again, this if is not about our being rescued. As Christians, we believe Jesus rescues us because of His love, His action, His sacrifice. We say yes. Acknowledge that He is our rescue. Our salvation is a gift. Rescue is unconditional. He saves us from sin and death. Even ourselves carries us on eagle's wings. But often we stop there. As we ask that question, how do we live going forward, we find this word, if. The sustained life of a growing follower of God, the life of a Christian becoming more and more like Christ, of following Jesus with our whole lives, becoming who we are made to be, has expectations. If you do this, God says, you'll be my treasured possession. You'll be a holy nation, a priestly kingdom. You'll be it. Again, this is not what they do, but it's characterized by their character. You'll be seen and understood and known as my people. If you'll just listen. If you'll follow me. 
if you'll see my instructions on ways to live and be. And what's so interesting about what is going to happen here, after this story becomes the Ten Commandments, and all these commands and laws as the people are trying to figure out how to walk and be. And there are lots of ancient laws. We can find them in museums, different people groups at all kinds of different laws. But what is unique about the God we find here is this is the only time we find law, instruction, that is woven together with a story. That these laws and commands are not just about following orders, but about knowing a God. That this comes from God, not based on some whims or some way to just keep God from zapping us. Right? So, so many times we think about our faith as just a way to keep God from being angry. No. The point of this is not about getting all the rules right, but in responding to the God that we know. The God who invites us into the story and comes into our story who rescues and carries. And God says, this is how you'll be if you'll just listen. How many of you as kids, when growing up, would, would ask your parents something or they would tell you to do something and you'd say, why, why do I need to do that? And only to then get the response from your parent, because I said so. Right? Sound familiar? I promised myself that when I became a parent, I would never say, because I said so. I see now that I underestimated how many questions my children can ask on a car ride. I have said, because I said so. But what we find as we are about to enter into these laws that come in Exodus is that, that God doesn't just say, because I said so. Instead, God says, look, I rescued you. And I love you. And I have hopes for you and dreams for you. And I want you to join in with me and become my type of people. To get to know me and then live in a way that reflects my character through your character with love and liberation. That the way we might be reflects the character of God. So how do we redeemed people live in the world today? We listen to the voice of God. We follow God's teaching. We follow God's character. I remember as a kid learning that Jesus taught his followers uh, against the common belief that if somebody wronged you seven times, after that you could say, that's it, that's enough, right? Our culture loves to say, that's it, that's enough. Instead, Jesus said, no, forgive 70 times, seven times. And as a child, I remember I did the math. And I thought, okay, 490, whenever that person wrongs me on the 491st time. We do this, we approach these kind of commands and teachings and we like, let me put them in this neat box so then I get to the end of it. That's not what Jesus was saying. Jesus was saying, forgive like I forgive. Forgive based on my character. And Jesus doesn't run out of forgiveness. That's what the people of Israel are seeing when God encounters them there on the mountain. It's not just making some God happy so you don't get zapped. It's about encountering a God who wants to be with us and then letting that God shape us.
So the people reflect, spend 14 months reflecting on how to live and be and understand. God will speak to them. Show up at that mountain. You can read it in Exodus 19. There is wind and fire and smoke and the whole mountain shakes because not even the mountains can encounter God and not be changed. Neither can we. So as Christians, when we ask that question, how do we live in our world today? Our way of living should be shaped by the characters and actions of our God. That our story as Christians doesn't stop with a mountain. If you know what happens in the Old Testament, the people are so eager to say, yes, we will do it. We will, we will obey just like us. And you know what happens. Just like us, they don't always get it right. There's often a gap between who we hope to be and how we actually live. Me too. But the story doesn't end. God keeps loving, keeps pursuing, keeps showing up, even to the point where God would roll up God's sleeves, enter into the story, not on a mountain, but in a person, take on everything, death, sin, failure, evil, pain, all on himself, and win. This is the story of Jesus. And in the same way, the mountain shaked that day when God descended, the whole earth shook when Jesus breath breathed his last. And then Jesus stood up. The one who spoke from a mountaintop speaks from a sermon on top of a mountain for a new vision for life with words like, blessed are the poor, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the peacemakers. They'll be called children of God. You are the light of the world. Jesus, who descended not just from a mountain, but from the glories of heaven into an earthly body, and then kept going, descending to death, came back and declared, you are my people. You are free. You are rescued. How do we live? Shaped by Jesus' character. Jesus' actions. Jesus' love. May we, as we think about who we are and how we be, will be, reflect on this Christ. This God who rescues and calls and loves. And as we go this week, I wanted to give us some questions to pray about. As we think about these people standing before God and committing to be God's people, I want us to ask these questions, these prayerful reflection questions. And it's the very last slide. The first question is where is our allegiance? What are we committed to? Another question I want us to ask is where do we see our relationship with God in our identity? How does it shape us? How does it help us see who we will be? And the last question is what do we say we believe? What do we claim to believe? And what do we do? 
do our actions reflect our identity? Does our identity impact our actions? Let's pray together. God of all people, God of rescue and liberation, God who hears the cry of Your people. You heard the cry of Israel and You set them free from slavery, invited them into a new way of being in the world. And You didn't stop hearing the call of Your people. God of the universe who enters into our story sets us free. Yes, for life everlasting, but also for abundant life now, a life of purpose and promise. A life where we walk alongside Christ. Where we might be Your people. That we might live committed that our character, our actions, our everything might be shaped by You. Not because we feel like we have to, but may we be a people who are so struck by Your power and Your goodness and Your love that we can't help but be changed. In the name of Jesus, our King, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Baptist Church of Westchester podcast. If you have questions, want to connect, or are looking for ways that you can support God's work at this church, visit bcwc.org. And as you go, through whatever your day may throw at you, I want to share this blessing with you. May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ go with you wherever He may send you. May He guide you in the wilderness, protect you in the storms. May He bring you home rejoicing at the wonders He has shown you. May He bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. Go and be the church.